All right, welcome back to the channel today, ladies and gents, as we talk about this new escalation that is going on within Eastern Europe, now pulling in Poland and some of the other Baltic states. So I want to start by showing you this video and then we're going to discuss it and we're going to look at a lot of articles and evidence of what I feel is a further escalation and possibly Poland being pulled into this conflict in the near future. Poland has paraded its military hardware on the streets of Warsaw. A display of military might in Warsaw. Thousands of troops have marched in Poland's Armed Forces Day parade as the country flexes the muscles of its rapidly expanding military. This year's parade is the largest since the Cold War, featuring state-of-the-art tanks and mobile weapon systems. The Polish government is racing to modernize its military. Now, tensions are also rising in the east, after soldiers from the Wagner mercenary group set up camp in Belarus. NATO member Poland has become one of Ukraine's most vocal supporters since the Russian invasion. But I'd love to know your thoughts on everything we talk about about today. Do you feel that this is an escalation towards war with Poland getting involved or do you feel that this is more of a deterrent with the large-scale military spending and build-up? We're going to get into all of this very shortly. So let's get into all of this then. Let's start with a little bit of background and context uh, around Poland, around Belarus, around some of these other Baltic states where we're starting to see this escalation there. So we just saw the video there and you may recall that I talked, it was almost two years ago now, when I first talked about what was happening with Belarus and the Polish border. Another video, unfortunately, that was taken down, but it is now back up. You can see that video. And I was showing the, the border defenses of Poland and how these barbed wire fences were being destroyed, just ripped apart by people that were migrating from Northern Africa and the Middle East. And these men were fighting quite heavily with the security forces there. At the time when I covered the video, in fact, one moment, I'll show you the video. Okay, I found one part of the video here then. It was called the EU is losing control of its migrant crisis. So this was almost two years ago now. This was one of several videos and it was around the state of emergency on the Belarus border. And this is where the men were trying to cross the border. Now, at the time, the leader of Poland blamed this on Lukashenko. He said that Russia and Belarus were deliberately trying to destabilize Poland and the EU in general by pushing these migrants into the countries. And he had a lot to... It's interesting how the narrative has somewhat switched as well. Originally, what he and some of the other leaders, the, the cabinet members were saying was that these men were dangerous men. They were uh, military in nature. They'd come from ISIS and the Taliban and all these other, uh, other groups. They said that they were being deliberately pushed in to destabilize the EU. That sort of narrative has switched now and it's all about let as many people in as possible. So it has somewhat changed and it depends on who's saying it and what they want to sort of put that influence out there into society. Poland's also said that it's supporting Ukraine very heavily. They're the largest supporter of Ukraine within Europe. They're hosting currently 1.2 million refugees from Ukraine. And we'll talk about the, uh, the public surveys as well later on as to how the the Polish public feels about this because it has started to shift now. Sentiment has started to change in 
Poland. Now, Poland's also saying that Belarus has formed the Patriotic Force Command, which is a serious threat to Polish sovereignty. They also said that Belarus is hosting huge amounts of Russian mercenaries, which they are concerned about. And a couple of the statements I don't quite agree with, actually. They're saying that this could be a threat to Poland and that these mercenaries may try and come into Poland and take over Poland. Well, who they're referring to here is the Wagner Group. And there just isn't, in my opinion, anywhere near enough of them to really cause a major threat to, you know, taking over the whole country. It's mainly soldiers. They don't have heavy equipment or, or tanks and, and things like that, or advanced weaponry. Although they are a threat, I'm not going to say they are not, if something did kick off, but I don't think it's really much of a match for the, the Polish military. Now, there's a lot of talk around this Suwałki gap as well. We're going to talk about that later, because this is actually guarded by Polish, US, Canadian, and German troops. They consider it somewhat of a strategic defensive place or position within the region. But let's go on to the shared screen. I want to show you some of these articles here. And I want you to give your opinion on all of these articles. What is it that you're seeing? Are you seeing the same pattern, the same trend that I'm seeing? Lithuania readies ammunition buys with 3.4 billion. Italy signs 1 billion deal to upgrade their tanks. Netherlands buys counter drone defense from Israel's Elbit Systems. Finland to buy Israel's David Sling Air defense system. Netherlands doubles the order of MQ-9 Reaper drones, plans to arm them. Poland spends 3.1 billion on short range air defense upgrades. They've got the green light to buy Apache helicopters, 15 billion sale of defense systems. Poland is the first foreigner to buy US Army's new missile defense radar. Tell me something, what are you seeing with all of these articles? Are you seeing the same pattern that I am? So let's have a look at a few of these articles now then. Poland is to spend 4% of their GDP on defense this year. That is the highest current level in NATO. The war in Ukraine means we have to arm ourselves faster, declared the Prime Minister. That is why we will make an unprecedented effort this year, 4% of the GDP for the Polish armed forces, which may be the largest percentage among all NATO countries. This will be clear evidence for all countries that we will defend our land, that Poland is safe, that Poland will be safer together with our allies, he said. According to NATO estimates, in 2022, the alliance spent 2.5% of its combined GDP on defense. That is a staggering number in monetary terms. The biggest relative spenders were Greece at 3.76%, the US at 3.47%, with Poland in third place at 2.42%. 20 of NATO's 28 members spent less than a 2% guideline figure agreed by them in 2006. So you can see here the defense spending. It's always interesting when they call it defense spending, when a lot of this stuff is used for attack, actually. And you can see Greece is the highest, the United States second, then Poland, Lithuania, Estonia, UK, Latvia, and it goes down from here. We'll talk about some of these countries in a moment because I did pull up the map to show you an interesting pattern here. Poland last year introduced a Homeland Defense Act that raised the defense budget to at least 3% of GDP from this year and set a target of doubling the size of the armed forces 
from 150 to 300,000 personnel. Again, why are they doing that? You've got to ask this question. Despite only being a member of NATO since 1999, Poland is spending much more than other alliance members. The defense minister said that Poland intends to create the largest land force in Europe. This includes doubling the military. Poland currently has a mix of Western and Soviet era equipment, including 650 tanks, 800 artillery pieces, 94 fighter jets, and 28 attack helicopters. Now, they've also signed a $6 billion deal to buy 350 M1 Abrams tanks from the US, and the US State Department has just approved a $12 billion purchase of 96 Apache helicopters armed with a variety of weapons, including Hellfire anti-tank missiles, Stinger air-to-air -air missiles, and the Joint air-to-ground missile. The 96 helicopters would make Poland the largest Apache operator other than the US. They're also spending 10 billion for 18 HIMARD launchers, which we've talked about those before. They were quite famous at the start of the conflict. And they reportedly plan to acquire another 500 more of these launchers. Now, this is an interesting statement here. The initial HIMARS systems are set to come with 45 Army Tactile Missile System long-range rockets that the US has so far declined to give to Ukraine. Poland has also ordered 14 billion in weapons from South Korea. Now, this is somewhat of a controversial issue at the moment, the South Korea order, but we can talk about that another day. An emerging defense industry powerhouse, including a thousand Black Panther tanks, nearly 700 howitzers and 48 light combat aircraft. The next article, Poland is on a quest to have Europe's strongest military with US arms. And that probably explains then why Biden actually made his second visit to Warsaw, so second visit to Poland since this entire conflict began. We're now starting to see why. And Poland has said they want to be the right arm man to the United States. Of course, that currently is the United Kingdom. There's also a lot of other comments, a lot of critical comments about Poland getting in bed with the US. Uh, this is one of those critical comments. Americans don't just sell weapons. They sell an entire service package. That's why their contracts are the most expensive ones. This is essentially why many countries start to opt out from US weapon purchases because the US tends to milk its partners dry financially. Inflate contracts generally put their counterparties in a bad spot. Now, we do know that the Polish armed forces are rising in number because they have put out statistics that this was the largest year ever for new recruits. Almost 14,000 new recruits joined Poland's armed forces last year, the highest number since the end of their compulsory military service in 2008. So these figures, he says, was released because there was a lot of claims online that soldiers are quitting and that the government would struggle to meet its target. Now, we've also had this piece out then where they did a big survey of Polish people and they asked them what they think then about the number of Ukrainian refugees in the country, what they thought about the war and other such things. 
Of the 8 million Ukrainian refugees registered in Europe, some 1.6 million are now in Poland. They've joined another 1.5 to 2 million who arrived after Crimea in 2014. And it's interesting that the, some of the videos online were saying, and it was very mixed, some people were very positive, other people were very negative, saying that all they hear now is Ukrainian spoken all around Poland. And that's quite interesting actually, because I was only saying to my wife just this week that everywhere I go around Douglas, which is the, the main city on the Isle of Man where I live, all I hear is Ukrainian. I must have heard it seven or eight times from different groups. Um, this week, I heard it on the weekend five or six times. So it is quite interesting to see the amount of Ukrainian people now who have spread out around Europe. Now, they say then that public opinion about the future role of Ukrainians in Poland has shifted in the last 12 months. They surveyed more than 2,000 young Poles aged 16 to 34 in March 22, and then again in May to June 23. And again, this is the same sort of pattern we're seeing everywhere. People do tend to support Ukrainians coming into the country with the assumption that they return to Ukraine as soon as it becomes safely possible. Let me just say, I think this is very, very unlikely for a lot of people. Sure, many Ukrainians, I think, will go back after the war. But like a lot of conflicts that we've seen going right back into the past, a lot don't return. A lot decide that they like their life um, elsewhere better and they decide to stay. And these are some of the largest concerns. Of course, this isn't on mainstream media, but these are some of the concerns that people are voicing in certain countries. So they said, what should Poland offer to refugees from Ukraine? So in 2022 then, 83% argued that the government should support Ukraine. Now in 2023, only 65%. So that is a huge drop. And it's the same with Poland staying neutral. So here's the statistics here then. 2022 saw an 83% support. In 2023, it is just under 65%. Neutrality in 22 was 16.4. Neutrality in 23 is 33.8%. I think we're past that stage now where Poland would become neutral in this should this accelerate any further. And then it claims that 1.5% of Poles support Russia in the conflict. Now, this is the Suwałki gap that you keep hearing about and why it's such a key strategic position in the region. The land corridor links the Baltics comprising Lithuania, Latvia and Estonia with the rest of the NATO alliance, and it separates Belarus and the Russian enclave Kaliningrad. Western military analysts worry that Russia could seize the area and isolate the Baltics, jeopardizing NATO's ability to defend them. Russia's primary objective has always been to show NATO is just a paper tiger, Hall told Euronews. By cutting off the Baltics, they could highlight the alliance won't come to the aid of its members. Drop a comment on that. What do you think to that statement? Now, this is what I want to show you, which I think is quite interesting in terms of the percentage of GDP spent on military spending here. So Poland, we've already established Poland and why that's so strategic. The United States, which is acting as the funder of a lot of the military equipment, which is ironic because that's exactly what happened during World War II as well and how the US became the gold standard and how they're still the world reserve currency today, etc. 
But if you look at these countries here, Estonia, Lithuania, Finland, Romania, Hungary, Latvia, let's just have a look on the map here. So where do we have his uh, Moscow, uh, Russia? Well, there's your Finland, there's your Estonia, there's Latvia, there's Lithuania. So what are you noticing here? It is these Baltic states that are spending the most on their GDP in terms of weapons and defense, or let's just call it the military. And that's a huge increase from 2021. You can see the light gray dot here, 2022, and now in 2023. So we can see a pattern, a very clear pattern emerging here. And it's all the way through. It's only Turkey, I think, that we can say is reducing their military spending. Everybody else is increasing it. And what do I look for? I look for patterns. This to me is a very clear pattern of escalation towards more military conflict, not less. Now, there are some people on the other side, uh, critics here, who say that Poland's defense spending is really about upcoming elections and it's not around long-term security. So these critics are saying that what's actually happening is the government is doing it to show that they are protecting the country and that they're not really concerned with Pol uh, Poland's border security. Another concern then at the moment, which I haven't really seen much on the news, is that, uh, and Poland have come out and, and spoke about this, but NATO haven't yet confirmed it, which I thought was interesting, nor has the US. And that is that Poland said that both the Russian president and the Belarusian president have confirmed last month that they have moved tactical nuclear weapons to Belarus to be used in terms of if this escalates any further. Now, this would be absolutely insane. It would completely change warfare if this actually happened. And Poland's already claiming that Belarus is violating its airspace at the moment with military helicopters and they're doing exercises on the border. And the Polish president and defense minister are saying that Poland needs this, uh, th this weaponry and that they also need assistance from other nations because they say that if Ukraine falls, Poland will be next and then the greater continent. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. You, you can see I'm not really passing any judgment on any of this. I'm trying to keep it as neutral as possible in order to be someone who is facilitating your news to give you both sides of this here. So I'd love for you to drop your comments below. What do you think of all the things that I have talked about today? And other than that, thank you for being a subscriber here. Thank you for the support for me and the channel. And apart from that, take care. God bless you and your family. And I will see you tomorrow for the weekly walk and talk. See you then.